0: Renee, you always encourage parents and families to build a strong foundation with what they're given. If mom or dad didn't come from a healthy family dynamic, then just start now. Do your work and build your family on something better than what you were handed.
1: Yes, I always like picture it as a garden that some people get um, as their inheritance. They get this beautiful garden. And it's all tilled up, and the soil's nice and rich, and there's beautiful plants and vegetables springing up from the ground. And some people get a hard patch hmm. of ground, hard as a rock. And they actually might spend the rest of their lives doing the tilling and just a little bit of seed work. Yeah. But then that's what they're giving to their children is this this garden they've tilled up. So I always tell moms when they're feeling discouraged um, about this, Kind of a thing. If it feels hard, it's because it is. That's right. <laughs> That's
0: and, right. And neither one of those things—the tilled, beautiful garden or the hard patch—was their fault.
1: No, right? No, no. You it just was inherited sheerly it. Sheerly inheritance. And and I know this firsthand because I feel like I'm a product of that. That my dad did a lot of hard work um, from the family he, he came from to till up that soil and. And so I'm really grateful for that work he did. and and now, when I see my children, David and I talk to each other. We're like, they're so much farther down the road than we were. Well, that's great because mm. um what they inherited was different, right than what we inherited.
0: and I, I just think this is a fairly new concept. <laughs> and maybe it's because we're we're not having to live every day in survival mode mm-hmm. in twenty twenty three. Um, you know, when you have to figure out where your next meal is coming from and life is bad and you're maybe, and you're in a war, you don't get the luxury of self-awareness or self-discovery or, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing, working on this kind of stuff. But now in 2023 America, we have a lot of extra time and we do do a lot of navel gazing Mm -hmm. and things like that. We do have some self-discovery. So the generation before us, our parents, and certainly our grandparents, this wasn't even really a discussion that we would be having breaking the cycle. No,
1: I don't think my I would I haven't asked my dad about this. I don't I don't know that he would have described himself as being aware of doing that. Um, he was I think he was trying to do the best he could mm-hmm. um, uh, with the you know all the history that he was given. But uh, I don't you know I don't know though Bonnie, I think about other generations who did a lot of. Um, hand work. You know, my grandmother spent a lot of time in the kitchen. It just wasn't a lot of conveniences. Mm-hmm. Everything had to kind of be made from scratch. You can do a lot of thinking when you're working with your hands. And that's true. And so I wonder... Or when
0: you're out in the field, mm-hmm, plowing a field.
1: Mm-hmm. I wonder I, I can't ask her. She's gone on mm-hmm. to be with Jesus, but I wonder if she she reflected on those things. Just and that,
0: kind of sifting through memory mm-hmm. and how you want to do things a little different. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Yeah. So I'm so excited that we're going to talk about this and and what it means to break the cycle we as a society are comfortable much more comfortable talking about our brokenness or trauma yeah for sure that's another that's another element of Mm -hmm. my my parents generation like it was a badge of honor to not spill all your right stuff out to everybody that was gonna be
0: private everything yeah it's kind (laughs) of private family business (laughs) right
1: things that shall
0: not be named and you just sort of stuff it yeah you don't spill it all over everybody else but we don't do that today. It's Everything's way more public and way more yeah. mental health is something that a lot of people talk about now. And that's a good thing.
1: It is a good thing. And we've got this whole episode where we've talked about adverse childhood experiences and that really does factor into this conversation.
0: Right. And if you don't know what that is, back in the 80s, there was this big study and they looked at 10 different factors. You can Google it, take a little short quiz, um, things that actually adversely affect a kid throughout their entire life, um, their health outcomes, their relationship outcomes, their propensity toward a lot of things, drugs, suicide, addictiveness, um, promiscuity, heart disease, yeah.
1: diabetes, yeah. a lot of things. So we're not licensed counselors, but we are 50 somethings. And we have gone through some counseling ourselves. And we've lived through quite a few seasons of life.
0: So we know some stuff. Right. So take that for what it's worth. We're just going to lay that little carpet out there. For this you. is just
1: ask your mom, That's not just right. ask your psychiatrist or <laughs> just true. ask your counselor. <laughs> All
0: right. All right. <laughs> just bear in mind. Yeah. So, okay, what does it mean? Let's just say, what does it mean to be a cycle breaker? Well, a cycle breaker is someone who recognizes harmful or maybe dysfunctional traits. In the culture of their family and decides, no more. I'm going to discard these traits and trade them in for something different.
1: Yeah. So maybe your family coped with stress or loss by abusing substances. Okay. Um, Even just uh, overeating, you know, Mm -hmm. eating for comfort. Maybe it was normal to fly off the handle at someone in the name of expressing yourself. But then you never circled back to repair or apologize.
0: Yeah, maybe just the opposite. Maybe your family had a pattern of retreating or withdrawing if there's a conflict that came up, leaving totally unresolved issues and feelings of abandonment. Yeah. So every family
1: has its own fissures, its own learned or inherited ways of behaving. And a lot of times we don't even know we're doing this until somebody points it out to us. Hmm. Usually.
0: <laughs> spouse. Your
1: spouse who did not. <laughs> right. Learn to cope in those ways and go, like, what? What are you doing? Are you doing? <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> so when we know better, you know, we can do better. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we're open to that and being a little bit teachable. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all have those internal voices. We've talked about that on here a lot that shaped us. Um, like it or not, intentionally or not, by we were shaped by our caregivers. So if our parents frequently shamed us for our behavior – our little internal voice is likely to be critical, whispering things to us like, you're not worthy, you're probably going to fail, or you're a bad person, right? Right. And then on the flip side,
1: there's the positive side of that. You know, um, one thing my dad said to me all the time was, you can do it. You can do anything you put your mind to. Mm-hmm. That was a voice I heard in my head mm-hmm. when I would face like a challenge at school or something.
0: Which would be something obviously you'd want to pass on Yeah. to your own kids. yeah.
1: So here's the important part. If all that happened is like you just heard maybe some bad stuff from your parents and you had this voice in your head, um, you could, maybe you could correct the voice, maybe. But we carry around these messages known as lies and we let them influence our behavior and our relationships in big and little ways. That's a question I ask myself all the time now. What lie are you believing? Mm-hmm. What lie are you believing about this?
0: Yeah. When you get stuck or when you feel like you're spiraling into something or some kind of, um, I don't know, emotional deregulation, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Then learn to pause and ask yourself that question. And, and you know,
1: it gets it's uncomfortable to sit in the quiet and wait for the answer. I get that. And I, a lot of people don't want to do this. But can we just say to you if you're in your 20s or 30s and you're listening to this for the love, <laughs> really. Will you please?
0: Life will go so much better for you if you start doing this now. Oh. Don't wait another 2 decades.
1: Please. Please don't.
0: Yeah. If you know better, do better. Yeah. So just do it earlier. The do earlier it the better. Earlier. And I know you're maybe not as self-aware when you're, you know, super young or whatever, but there's those other people who are aware around you. Mm-hmm. So listen to them. Listen to what listen to the voices that they are telling <laughs> you and maybe the expressions on their face when you're freaking out about something over the top that's not worth freaking out mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. So that cuz that's the deal. When we become parents, these messages inside our own heads get louder. This is because and, and maybe you're not aware of this yet, but young moms think about this. Our children trigger our own childhood wounds, especially the ones who are most like us. hmm uh,
1: There's a lot of moms who talk about moments of mom rage. The times that seem to whip up out of nowhere, and before we know it, something small has set us off, and we become yelly and out of control. It's like a two-year-old having a tantrum, but you're actually an adult. Right. You're supposed to be teaching emotional regulation and you've temporarily lost your mind, or at least it sounds that way. It feels
0: that way. A lot of times it feels that way. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what they say, if it's hysterical, it's historical. Mm. So look at yourself when you're like over the top, angry or sad or whatever with your child and think about that message. Oh, this is triggering something in me. Where is this coming from?
1: I've talked to David about this um, through the years, and he said uh, for men, this is really true um, with a lot of young dads he's talked to with their sons. They mm. freak out when they see a weakness or a character flaw in their child that they know is in themselves. Yep. And they come down really hard yeah. on their on their boys, and you don't want to do that right you're passing on that voice in your head that's it you don't want to do that Uh, so you want to be aware yeah get curious so when your teenager huffs into the room throws his backpack on the floor and his jacket and he's griping about his stupid homework and all of a sudden you're in his face about his disrespect and his attitude and the look on his face that conveys contempt
0: where did that come from you're being triggered (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah If you can take a pause moment and say, oh, whoa, 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 like, what is the lie that I'm believing here? What is it in my kid's demeanor right now that is causing so much turmoil in me? Mm-hmm. Is it really that big a deal? Because a lot of times your spouse, and at least in our house, I would be the one who might be triggered by something that you're spending most of the time with the kids, right? Yeah. yeah. And my husband could come in the room and be like, and be that person. Like, hey, <laughs> on just a second we're gonna go in the back room and talk about things and he would be the one to be like why are you so upset about that like really it's just a backpack perspective yeah get some perspective and give you time to count to 10 or breathe and de-escalate and then you kind of talk about it later where do you like where does that come from
1: mm-hmm. and then now you've got two problems because now you have a voice in your head that's likely going to tell you Oh, I'm a bad
0: parent. (laughs) Yeah, look what I just did.
1: Look what I just did. Um, I'm never going to learn. It's always going to be this way. And my kid is also bad or lazy or disrespectful, fill in the blank. And, you know, you feel like you're undeserving Mm. of grace and forgiveness. And you probably have a hard time drumming up those feelings, those emotions for your own child. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so now it's double. (laughs) Now you've heaped on double and your kid doesn't know. They're just a kid. They're just trying to make it in the world, right? They're just trying to figure out, I had a bad day and I really do have stupid homework. Where did that come from? And now they've got some resentment built up towards you and a whole nother relationship thing that needs to be repaired. So it kind of spirals and escalates, right? So these battles that we refuse to fight in ourselves, if we refuse to look at ourselves and figure out where all this stuff is coming from, the battles that we're refusing to fight, our kids are going to have to fight.
1: You're just passing it along.
0: And I don't think any of us really wants that for our kids.
1: I don't get, okay, Bonnie, is this a disposition thing? Because I don't get the refusal to do this work. I'm not saying I did it perfectly. For sure, I did not. And I, I certainly had these yelling moments. But I took a hard look. At myself with the urging of my husband. It was at his urging because I was I was not willing. I was not a willing participant going, oh yes, Renee, <laughs> let's get you some help and learn to um, emotionally regulate mm-hmm. and figure out why you're so depressed and anxious. No.
0: No. No. I think it's just a non awareness at all. Mm. A complete unawareness that this is this is just how I am. This is how it's always been. This is how I've learned. So it must be normal. And your spouse generally doesn't know how to react to it. They see that it's maybe over the top or something's wrong maybe, but they don't know what to do with you. They're just a person too with their own Mm -hmm. set of voices in their head and their own set of traumas that they're dealing with from childhood. Um, So I think we just kind of limp along aimlessly and then things end up how they are. And we just dump all of it onto our kids. And then it happens again when they have kids.
1: Also, you know, you're you're – your brain's wired um, for not joy <laughs> when you're doing this, you know, um, mm-hmm. you've got pathways in your brain. There's that book, this book that you and I are supposed to be reading and doing a book group on the four habits of joy filled people. Mm-hmm. And I binge read it like a couple of weeks ago and it's coming to mind now in this conversation because there, they say, you know, these two doctors wrote this after work at addiction clinics, but it actually works with anyone, not p- just people who are in addiction. We all have pathways that are wired by fear because hmm. we don't live in a perfect world. Even in a happy family, you're going to have some pathways wired by fear mm-hmm. and all, and there are activities you can do to increase your capacity for joy and your ability to maintain joy and, and, the way they put it is the ability to be more of yourself, hmm. the ability to be yourself. You lose the your brain gets hijacked when you in these moments and you lose the ability to be yourself. I'm not saying you're not culpable, but I am saying you're working against a whole lot of brain wiring yeah. that needs to be redone. I
0: see what you're saying. That's true. That's true. And so it's not necessarily your fault because C- it's just correct. all given to you. And it's, it is it right. is how you're wired. But it is our responsibility, yes, to be able to step back and go. This is not working, and what is behind this not working? Right. What can I do? Yes. And there's usually always something you can do.
1: Absolutely. So, just in the in the best of circumstances, you're going to do this for one another, husbands and wives, from a place of love. I love you. I want what's best for you, and I want I want us to grow together. And and ideally, you do it. Together. You mm-hmm. both get some self discovery.
0: Mm-hmm. If it's not a spouse, it's a close friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, be honest with some people and tell them what you're really feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, I lost it today. I lost my mind. And I don't know where that came from. And have somebody sit there with a cup of coffee with you and maybe walk you through that. Mm-hmm. You could ask Jesus.
1: Yeah. That's the question he wants to or answer. <laughs> just sit there with somebody and y'all just sit and listen to Jesus for a minute. Mm-hmm. So and let's talk about timeouts and curiosity. Because I think that this was one of the best things I did. Um, I did not do it all the time. But when I did it, I feel like it was one of the best things I did. And that was put myself in a timeout. Mm, Yeah. I wasn't as curious as I should have been. But I did know like, well, you better just step away.
0: Yes, I think I knew that too. But I don't think I knew to be curious.
1: No, no. Oh, no, no.
0: I think it was just Mm -mm. like, oh, all kids make parents mad and this is Mm -mm. one of those times for me and I will have these times again and this is just how it is. It wasn't, I didn't have any curiosity.
1: Right, (laughs) right. Not until, for me, not until it hit the tipping point where I was so miserable. Yeah. It was like, okay, now this is like kind of bled out into every corner of my life and this is not good. Yeah. But yeah. So, so yeah, put yourself in a timeout and get curious as we already said This has come up like three times already. Get curious.
0: Yeah. So I guess in that case, it would have been like, why are you so angry? What is the lie you're believing? Which is the Mm -hmm. question you said at the top. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it is something you were taught, you know, from the time you were a kid. You don't have this situation under control. Mm. That must mean you don't know what you're doing. You're failing. You're Mm -hmm. bad. And that comes out in angry which anger is never anger, right? We've talked about this before. Uh, it's usually fear. Oh, no, a fear response. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. People are going to know that I'm failing at this. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this right. And then you cascade into, oh, no, they're, they're going to end up in prison someday, and it's all going to be my fault. Silliness. Yeah. None, it of, none of which is true.
1: Um, so, ladies, gentlemen, put your hand on your heart and remind yourself in those moments I am the adult. I'm safe. I'm worthy. And I'm allowed to be gentle and compassionate to myself.
0: Yeah, quiet. Those voices that by now are screaming, what a bad parent you are. Counter them with the truth. You're worthy of love now. And you were worthy of love as a kid. And your own child is too. Just tell yourself, this is my child. And I love him. He's having a hard time. That reframes that situation from the tantrum or the attitude being some kind of a personal attack on you to being a situation where you can love them as the adult and help them express their needs.
1: And responding in, in love and in patience. And no, we're not going to do it perfectly. So just, no, you're not always going to do it. And that's what the forgiveness, re- repentance, forgiveness and restoration podcast is for.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So really, it's just taking this time out and... The breaking of the cycle is you're just taking yourself out of autopilot and getting curious for a moment and telling yourself the truth.
1: Yes. Replace the lie with the truth. That is what I wish I'd done at 30. All right. Now let's talk about some generational static cling. What do you mean by by that, Bonnie? I love that phrase. Well, it's just how
0: biology works. For about five months while you're in your mother's womb, she's carrying all the eggs that have, have developed in your ovaries. So your mother, in effect is just dating her own grandchildren. That's and we know wild. this from epigenetics, right? <laughs> it's so interesting <laughs> to me that, so if there's stress or trauma during that time, if you are living through war or hardship or great stress, then her baby and the eggs that baby's carrying are constantly bathed in cortisol and adrenaline, and that DNA can actually change. That's crazy. It is crazy. That's, changes in those gene expressions or... It's not, not exactly a mutation, but it's just maybe turning a gene on or off that wasn't before.
1: So things like malnutrition, exposure to chemical toxins or drugs, toxic stress before birth or in early childhood, those are not forgotten. They're built into the architecture of the developing brain.
0: Yeah. not that crazy? Yeah. So in Exodus 20, 5 through 6, God says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. This is so cool to me because some people translate this as curses. You've heard that maybe curses going to the third and fourth generation, but blessings being bestowed for a thousand generations. Right. So
1: this was one that was a head scratcher for me for a long time, and this makes sense to me, this explanation. It's not that God is vindictive in punishing children for the sins of their parents. What if it's just a statement of how biology works?
0: Yeah. That this trauma from birth or from pre-birth and your genetics changing, it's affecting how you are coping. Mm -hmm. You're coping like your mother coped, like your grandmother coped before you. It's just the generational things that we're passing on our nervous systems are storing those traumas because that's how they're meant to function to keep us alive our brains keep a record of threats or perceived threats so we'll notice them the next time we see them and know to run and hide or protect ourselves
1: yeah there's a couple of great books for you readers out there that really explore this more um der kolk's book the body keeps the score is a good one so um so think about this example. We were just talking about this at lunch today. Mm-hmm. If you have two young children and one of them turns four and is diagnosed with leukemia, that's a trauma to the whole family. And everything in your mama system is now attuned to your child's survival. Fast forward a couple of years, the four-year-old is now six and doing well. But the younger child who was two at the time is now about to have her fourth birthday. And you can't understand why you are so on edge. Your entire nervous system is wired to panic when that kid turns four because of what happened to your first child.
0: Yeah, isn't that crazy? So, but we had an episode a while ago, Parenting When You've Lost Your Mom, Danielle Cunningham and I having, we lost our moms at early ages. And we're pre-wired with that trauma so that when our kids now are approaching the age that we were when we lost our moms, and this totally happened to me, we may be emotionally set off by things that we see in our kids. Maybe it's like we see them doing things that we didn't get to do with our moms. And so all of a sudden, we're, we're just emotional. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fly off the handle of stuff mm-hmm. that doesn't even mean anything. And if I'm not aware of that, if I'm on autopilot just doing that, well, I'm doing some damage to my child. But if I can step back and be curious and go, hey, where's that coming from? Um, it might dawn on me or a friend or my spouse could point out, could it be? That your child is the same age that you were when you lost your mom. And that's like bringing back up all that sadness. Well, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: You think? Yeah. That was such a great episode with you and Danielle. So many light bulb moment, moments mm. for me listening to the two of you good. Um, describe that Um It makes so much sense to me. And then another book that's really great in this, um, in this area to help you kind of understand what's going on inside your own body is Dr. Bruce Lipton's, The Biology of Belief, Unleashing the Power of Consciousness, Matter and Miracles. It was, um, updated for a 10th anniversary in 2015. And Bruce Lipton is a cell biologist and he explores the connection of the mind and, and its influence on our health and well being. And the, this is really cool, because this conversation can take you to a place that sounds very fatalistic, you mm-hmm. know, where it's like, Oh, well, it's just right, this is the genes. This that I have. is what I have. And it's no good. He's like, No, 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 actually, that is, that's the opposite of the conclusion he draws in the end of the book. Um, he says that There is scientific proof that debunks the notion of fixed genetic inheritance or that genes create our reality. He says the beliefs people hold have a major impact on our cellular function, potentially increasing health and happiness regardless of our genetic makeup. So again, let me say it again. The beliefs that you are holding can very much affect your health. Uh, There's a proverb that talks about this um, above all else guard your heart for from it flows the wellspring of life. I think it is, I don't have it in our show notes, but I, but I'm remembering it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's that principle at work. It's, it's what I meditate on becomes my reality. And if I um, kind of just let my thoughts run to negative, Or if I'm constantly operating out of lies, that's putting you in a stress state um, because you're living out out of tune with reality. Mm -hmm. It's not what's true. You're not actually a terrible mom. You're not actually a failure. You're not actually uh, an angry person. You know, um, a lot of languages actually don't internalize things the way we do in English. Right. Anger has come upon me. We've talked about this before. yeah. We don't say that.
0: We don't. In, in Celtic, they change it. I'm, yeah. I'm, sadness is upon me today. Sadness
1: is upon me. Like you're
0: wearing it like a cloak that you can also take, take off. Take off. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you can set that aside. So that is just fascinating to me and so empowering that, um, and I mean, Jesus even says it, right? You will know the truth mm-hmm. and the truth she will set you freedom. free. We, freedom in Christ. That's what we want for every person. We want them free from the lies that were whispered in their ears or yelled at them. We want them free from the lies and we want them embracing the truth. And the truth is that God has so many beautiful things in store for you. He loves you so incredibly extravagantly much. And when you cooperate with the lies, you put your body in stress mode. And that's not good because it takes a lot of energy to run your immune system.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And so when you're, yeah, when you're in stress mode like that, the first thing to go, your body says, your brain says, oh, let's turn that immune system off, so we can take care of this stress or this life threat is what it's fight or flight. Yeah. Imagining, right? Yeah. So then, okay, then your immune system has turned off, and that's where your gene expressions start Correct. coming into play. That gene is turned on for cancer, or that gene is turned off for something healthy. Um, there, so was- we can
1: influence our own biology. There was a number I heard just like this morning. I was watching a, a video on energy medicine. Go see our Alex Lloyd interview if you want to know more about energy psychology. But the, the CDC or the FDA said like uh, some years ago that about 80% of disease is stress-induced. Yeah. That was their guess. And they've upped it now to um, like 90. And Dr. Lipton said, I bet it's more like 95 or higher. Which is great news because that is a controllable factor when you get the right tools. It
0: isn't. It does not necessarily mean busy moms that you have to go into some sensory deprivation floating tank. <laughs> you know, those are fun. Have you ever been in one? <laughs> I haven't, but that's on my list. I'd like <laughs> to try uh, to de-stress because you can think yourself into a de-stressed um, situation if you're replacing lies with truth. If you're knowing how to breathe correctly, Mm -hmm. if you know how to um, take your levels down, Mm -hmm. you can you can take care of that outside of the deprivation tank.
1: The four habits of joy filled people has a free uh, we need a link to that. Um, They have a free 30 day um, exercise. That's how I learned about the book. I signed up for the free 30 day exercise and every day in your um, email, you got an activity to wire your brain for joy. And you do it 30 days in a row. And then they're like, okay, and you're well on your way to like reprogramming your brain. And I was like, oh, I want to do this Who doesn't need that?
0: Like right before the holidays, before things all yeah, hit. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect.
1: It, it was one of the, it was the morning. Uh, one of the activities it was one of my favorite things mm-hmm. was um, writing a text to you and Bobby and Dawn and Jeremy of the things I love about y'all the most. Mm-hmm. Like the the qualities I admire in you. Yeah. What a fun exercise. It makes you like, huh, what's your favorite song and why or Recall a favorite vacation memory. Again, set your heart on things above. You know, set your heart on what's, uh, what is it? Um, Whatever's good and pure, pure and, and noble. Pu- yeah, and yeah, excellent and things. praiseworthy. Think mm-hmm. on those things. It's, again, it's not God wagging his finger going,
0: think on those things, No <laughs> <you laughs> loser. It's like, <laughs> hey, do this and awesome things are going to happen. Yeah, this is. That's how your body works.
1: This is how you flourish. Yeah, this is how you flourish. So, so that's a, that's a big part of getting free of breaking the breaking the cycle.
0: Yeah. Okay, so that's some generational static cling, but we also want to talk about um, some other generational attachments, which can maybe come in through... Um, dun,
1: dun, dun.
0: <laughs> yeah. Some <laughs> spiritual vows or agreements that you've made because we're spiritual beings. And so maybe in the past, you, um, not even you, but your ancestors could have things sticking to the generational, uh, to the family tree that you don't even know about. Yes. So this is like what? Okay.
1: Here we are, ladies. We're in the realm of deliverance prayer. So if this makes you uncomfortable, fast forward 10 minutes or so. (laughs) I don't know how long we're going to be on this topic. Um, But yeah, we, this is for real, for real, something that um, I, I feel like everyone needs to address. Okay. Just, Church history moment, church history time. The Catholic Church assumed every single person coming out of the world for baptism Mm -hmm. into the church had demonic strongholds. Okay. Why did they assume that? Because we live in the world, and the Bible says, it doesn't just say you were in darkness and now you are in light, which it does say. It says you were darkness, but now you are light. And so they just said, oh, well, people have stuff they need to get cut off before they receive the Holy Spirit or baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. And, you know,
0: go on your merry way, go on yeah. your merry way with Jesus <laughs> for the rest of your life.
1: Sure. So what we're describing here are vows, agreements, sins that have been committed by your ancestors that now have legal permission to be part of your family line. Deuteronomy 28:15 through 68 contains 53 verses listing generational curses. Here's just a few of the symptoms of curses that are listed in that passage: poverty, hereditary disease, divorce, child abuse, sexual abuse, domestic violence, alcoholism, drug addiction, immorality, adultery, perversion, depression, confusion, fear indecision, panic attacks, mental illness, suicide, destructive attitudes, and behaviors. Each of these can be, but are not always, the result of a generational curse. And most have their root in idolatry and sin. So here's the deal. There's three ways that you can have um, demonic attachments in your life, generationally, as just described, by sins committed against you. If someone sexually abused you, that's not your fault that the spiritual forces of evil now have access to you in that way. It's a way the world works, but it's not your fault. It's an access point. And then there's the sins we commit out of our own rebellion. So,
0: so I think we've all heard things at family reunions or at the holiday table. Oh yeah. That just runs in our family, right? There's always alcoholism, Yeah, there's Uncle Joe, and then Aunt Frida, and then, yeah, yeah, we kind of have that in our family. Well, is it a genetic thing? Maybe. Maybe it is, which we've also heard we can think our way through, counsel our way through, um, give positive energy to get through. But it could also be a generational um, curse that's come from somewhere. Someone somewhere believed a lie, said, this is the way it's always going to be. You're too weak to overcome this. It's just going to be in our family, Mm -hmm. and we pass it on because we don't deal with it so um someone somewhere needs to cut that off unless you want to keep on passing that down the line
1: right so um this is not at least in my experience i don't see this stuff with my own eyes but i believe how scripture describes the world working and in ephesians Five, where it's talking about family relations and how wives treat their husbands and how husbands treat their wives and how children are supposed to interact with their moms and dads right after that, Bonnie, Paul's like, and oh, by the way, let me talk about the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly Mm -hmm. realms because our battle's not actually against flesh and blood. After I just told all y'all how to get along, our battle is against the spiritual forces of evil that seek to destroy our lives. And so this is a reality and there is Freedom available, uh, so, from I mean, this garbage.
0: So maybe you don't know which
1: one it is. That's what I'm saying. And I, I don't just—I can't see a demon trailing. Around. If I saw yeah. a demon hand like shackled to my ankle, don't you think I would want to go get so. rid of it? Yeah,
0: spray some raid on that baby, but, but <laughs> that's <right>. or something, <laughs> but torch it. Yeah, torch. it. <laughs> But if you don't know which one it is, or maybe you're thinking, okay, this is a little woo-woo. This is I've never heard this before. This is weird. What would it hurt if that's something that's in your family line that could potentially be passed on to your children? Wouldn't you do anything that you could to get rid of it? What would it hurt?
1: And I don't – did we just get really mad at the Catholics? Like, why did we – why do all the Protestant denominations not do this? Like, we're just going to be anti-Catholic, so we're not going to do this – deliverance stuff before baptism because it seems super pragmatic to me that you would not want to be dragging this stuff with you a backpack full of rocks walking with jesus yeah so yeah lay it all down so uh there's tons of great resources on this if you're curious neil anderson has a series called the bondage breaker there's a little booklet you can get it's got some checklists by categories yeah places that might there might be strongholds everybody's got unforgiveness
0: Mm-hmm.
1: surprise surprise <laughs> yeah. so you're going to have a stronghold of unforgiveness somewhere but then there's um, other categories it's just helpful checklist and then you just walk through it ask God to reveal to you what right. do I need to disagree with
0: right? If that's you been just passed
1: down to me feel
0: like you're feeling stuck or you just can't get out of this mode that you're in or the, the, the depression won't lift no matter what you've done it's worth just walking through that list you might be surprised huh Well, I never thought of that particular window or that particular area as, you know, something we did at a slumber party when I was 10 might actually have meant something.
1: Maybe I can get rid
0: of that. Oh, just do it. Like if you've got family members, you can ask,
1: oh, wait, three different uncles committed suicide. Yeah, what is that? Spirit of death? Get out. (laughs) Get out. So to me, it's just a triage question. And it's a real good triage question. Triage questioned Bonnie when you said you feel like something's intractable. If it's feeling like I've been really working on this and mm. this is not lifting, I'm I'm running the play. I'm supposed to be running and it's not lifting. Oh, it's worth. It's just part of the triage, right? Could it be that? Uh,
0: maybe it I is. Mean, maybe, maybe not.
1: Listen, maybe. I'll just say it was for me. It was part of mine. Mm. I went and did this, and I was like, "Well, you were there. <laughs> what was your perspective, Bonnie? <laughs> what about?" <laughs> that there were strongholds and things. Yeah, yeah, and and that there was stuff there
0: when we went digging around. Yeah. Right. So I think I just as a Christian as a believer, if you want to just sweep your sweep your house clean, I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? Why? It's it's not fun. Did I dread it? Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> was I tired afterwards?
0: Yes. But it wasn't terrible.
1: No. No. Wasn't and terrible. I was so grateful that I did. I came home and told my kids, I'm like, "You guys, where is you with all this garbage mm. i was dragging around this sack of stinking garbage trying to be a mom to you and i know if i could go back and tell my 30 year old self to do it i would yeah best time to plant a tree was 25 years ago the mm. next best time is today so, today. <laughs> so we planted today. that tree yeah it's coming up actually it's coming up on a year my year anniversary oh, my goodness when I did that. seemed
0: like it was that long ago. If you're
1: interested, send us an email. We'll hook you up. Yeah, we will. i got some great people who can help you do that. All right. So I'm just encouraging you to choose life and choose blessing. Um, Deuteronomy 30, 15 and 19 says, see, I have set before you today, life and good, death and evil. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. There's a better way. Yeah. There's a better way.
0: Definitely. Definitely. So step back and get off autopilot. Get curious. Mm -hmm. Cut that stuff off. And it's worth remembering, I think, that there's not a person alive who doesn't need grace. That includes you when you mess up or aren't so self-aware. And that also includes your parents. When you're looking backwards and getting curious about your family genogram. Now, we're not talking about parents who blatantly abused their kids or who were and continue to be deliberately harmful. You might need to learn to forgive them, too, along the way as part of your own healing. But we're talking about parents who tried, even though their flaws, even through their flaws and limitations.
1: Yep, parents are just people, probably wounded people since we all are. And they're doing the best they can with what they have and they know. Just because they were our parents or grandparents doesn't mean they knew
0: everything. Right, it's helpful, I think, to ask God to help you to see your parents, maybe as he does. How are they wounded? What are they afraid of? Why do they act the way they do? What are they reacting to? Um, Maybe they should have known better when we were kids, but often they didn't or they couldn't, and they make mistakes.
1: So a lot of times... It's easy for us to see what they lack, but we might not see what they overcame. Just because they didn't break all the generational curses, didn't mean that they didn't break any. We don't know. That's what they did or didn't do. That's right. You can't. I mean, you. I guess you could. If you had a good relationship, you could talk to them about it. But it helps me a lot to. That's what I love about discipleship is when we do the testimony day. At the very beginning of a new discipleship group, you do like your little 30 minute five God moments, Mm -hmm. you know, this happened, but God, this Mm -hmm. happened, but God, it gives you such context for how people react. And if you do it with your friends, it's so worth doing with your parents. Mm -hmm. If you have the ability to do it, we're getting to the age where we're not, our our friend's parents are passing away and Mm they can't ask anymore. And so if you can ask your parents that, wow, what a great conversation that might be.
0: Yeah. That, if you have that relationship, yeah, do that. Do it. Maybe consolidate. You, holiday, you might you
1: might find like an actual um just another level of love and respect for these people who really overcame more than more than you knew.
0: Right. I think it's really easy for us to love forward onto our kids. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of wired that way. It's less easy sometimes to love backwards mm. onto our parents and those who came before us, but um it's, it's worth remembering that they're just people too. They're just trying their best too. So
1: I remember one time I asked my mom, so what was it like raising three kids and starting a business out of your garage? Um, and like 80% of small businesses fail. <laughs> yeah. So like, how stressed were you? <laughs> she was like, Oh my goodness. We prayed all the time. We prayed every day. For God to bless the business and for us to be, you know, good stewards of it and all that. Well, I didn't know all that was going on behind Mm. the scenes. I was just
0: living my life. Right.
1: Watching the chocolate chip cookies show up on the countertop. Yeah. Being mad that
0: she didn't buy you the Jordache jeans that you wanted.
1: (laughs) No. Now you know
0: why. Now I know why.
1: That's right. That's right. (laughs) And I'm grateful she did that, actually. And no Barbies. Thanks for that, too, Mom. But... But seriously, that was a, such an enlightening conversation because even as a grown adult, having raised my own children, it it was just starting to dawn on me like the pressures they were under and the mm-hmm. and the things they were juggling yeah. and what they were doing for us. And um, I think I think that's probably the hardest people we have that in our lives to think of as other people is our parents. Right? I don't know what we think of them as. I know. There's some. <laughs> alien breed or something but I,
0: I know and you can't why is it that you can't transplant yourself because you, if you have kids too you know you're just a person right you're just right. trying to figure it out and wing it the best you can but you can't you put that back on your parents. Right. they're supposed to know it already so yeah i love that phrase kind of nuts you got some great
1: phrases in this episode bonnie love backwards and forwards mm. do it
0: that's, yeah that's part of breaking the curse it is it really is and if you can if you can forgive on top of that even better
1: love never fails it never fails.
0: Somebody so, wise said that. So good. That's right. It was Paul. All right. Well, we're going to have uh, the links to the books that Renee talked about on our website in our show notes, at justaskyourmom.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram and take five seconds, please, to rate and review the podcast and share us with your friends and family.
1: Yeah. And send us those topic suggestions to Just Ask your Mom podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just, Just Ask, Ask Your Mom. Mom.